You're listening to How to Win with Mike Moore, the podcast that provides you with practical insights on how to win in every arena of life. Hello, I'm Mike Moore, and welcome to this Tuesday edition of the How to Win podcast. These podcasts are based off 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4 ways causes us to triumph. Listen, I am so happy to have you with us today. Listen, we're going to have fun in the word today. Tag a friend, let them know that we're live on Facebook. You can get us on YouTube, but you listen, we're going to have fun today. And I adopted this, that a good teacher makes a learning journey a joy, and we're going to have fun. Now, I want you to share these podcasts because the Bible says that the word grows. It can grow. As you share what you learn, then God reaches more people. So I got my iPad here. I want you to send me questions and I'm going to do my very best, the Holy Spirit and me. We're going to answer these questions, and I believe it's going to be a blessing at the end of the uh, podcast. Now, I am teaching on something very important. I guess you say, you say that all the time, Mike, but this is very important. We're talking about mixing faith with God's word. This is our fourth lesson. Uh, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2 says that in order for the word to profit us, then we must mix faith with God's word. But what does that mean? What does it mean to mix faith with God's word? Well, we've divided this series and we're going to answer, we're answering that question. We divided this series into four parts. Part one, we've talked about the focus of our faith. Part two, we talked about the foundation of faith. Part three, we're talking about the process of faith. And then part four, we will talk about the development of faith. So listen, we're talking now on the third part the process of faith. The process of faith has to do with how faith works. Don't you want to know how faith works? The Bible said the just shall live by faith. The Bible said we walk by faith. The Bible said we overcome the enemy by our faith. The Bible says this is the victory we have is through our faith. Now, so if that's true, that faith is so important for the believer, then how does faith work? How do I get my faith to work? Well, there are four components. We're back to four. There are four components to the faith process. And I've been teaching this for years, and I came up with a, a, a way to do it so that people could remember it. Now, whether you may be listening to this podcast or if you're watching this podcast, I want you to follow me. The faith process, how faith works, involves your ears. And if it's possible for you to touch your ears, I want you to touch your ears. It involves your heart. I want you to place your hand over your heart. Thirdly, involves your mouth. Touch your mouth 
with your fingers, and then it involves your hands. Shake your hands like this. It involves your ears, your heart, your mouth, your hands. Come on, say that after me. It involves the faith process. This is how faith works. It involves your ears, your heart, your mouth, your hands. It involves your ears, your heart, your mouth, your hands. Now, when we say that faith, how faith works, the process of faith involves your ears. We talked about that in our last session. It has to do with us hearing, hearing God's word. When we talk about our heart, our heart, faith involves our heart. It has to do with our believing. When we say that faith has to do with our mouth, involve our mouth, we're talking about our speaking. And then finally, when we say the fourth component of how faith works, it involves our hands. We're talking about our actions. Now, in our last session, in lesson three, we talked about the the ears, hearing. Faith begins with hearing. We spent a whole session talking about that. But the Bible says this in 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 and 15. I'm just reviewing now. It says, this is the confidence that we have in God, that if we ask anything according to his will, then he will hear us. And if we know that he hear us, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. Now, listen, faith begins with hearing. You cannot operate by faith if you don't know what God has to say about a matter, what his perspective. Faith comes by hearing. Now, we're going to enter into something today that I just think is probably the most challenging of the four components. Hearing the word, believing, speaking, and acting on the word. Now, we're going to talk today about the second component. We heard, we talked about hearing. Now, let's talk about believing with the heart. And our subtopic today is what is believing with the heart? What is it? What is believing with the heart? Now, I'll give you a proof text in a moment. But I believe this. Now, listen, I have pastor. I'm in my 41st. Actually, if you add, I pastored a, a church prior to Faith Chapel. And so if you add it all up, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in the 42-year range of pastoring. Think about it. That's a long time. Now, here's what I've discovered. And you can ask any questions now. I got my iPad here. Here's what I discovered. People's response to the teaching on faith and, and, and their faith response follows different patterns. What some people confuse faith with is begging. 
Come on, God, please help me. God, help me. God, I'll do, if you just help me this time, I won't, I won't ask you anymore. So th they have this con thing. If I keep at God, if I just, if I wear him down, he's going to respond begging. Then others have this desperation mode. You know, God, if you don't help me, listen, I'm not going to make it. I'm going to lose my house. I'm going to lose my car. I'm going to lose my job. And so it's really desperation. It's not faith. It's fear. It's fear-based. Now, some Christians, unfortunately, they're just indifferent to this whole faith thing. You know, they don't care about it. They don't think it's important. They're indifferent. And then I find a, a, a large, allow me to say it like this, Bucket, bucket of Christians, a large percentage of Christians who have this, everything is on God. If God wants me to have it, he'll give it to me. If God doesn't want me to have it, then he won't. That's the mentality of many Christians. And I'm telling you, that is error. It is uh, 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 it's a myth. It, it is a a a faulty way of thinking, if God wants me to have it, he'll give it to me. If God doesn't want me to have it, then he won't give it to me. That's, therefore, I didn't need it. No, no, that's not faith. No, that's human reasoning. That's logic. Now, let's talk about believing with the heart. Now, we know that we can't begin the faith process until we hear what God has to say on a matter. We have to know his perspective. We have to know what God is saying to us. That's the beginning process. The second component is believing with my heart. I have to believe with my heart, H-E-A-R-T. I have to believe with my heart what God has said or what God is saying. Now, here's a proof text very familiar to Bible students. Romans chapter 10, verse 9, it says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. I bet you've heard that before. Now notice it says, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus or the Lordship of Jesus. And it says, that we have to believe in our heart or believe with our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. And the promise is we will be saved. Now, so we see this, this instructions given to us to believe with our heart. But what does that mean? mean. Okay, I'm going to walk you through it, and it's going to be very practical, and it's going to be life-changing, I promise you. It's going to be life-changing. Now, believing with the heart involves two things. It involves two things. Now, I'm going to give you those two things, then I'll come back and walk you through both things. First, believing with the heart involves basing our believing solely on God's word, independent of our thoughts, 
senses, feelings, or circumstances. Now, I'll say that again. Maybe you're taking notes. Maybe you'll listen at this later, and I want you to take, take the time and take notes. Believing with the heart, and this is the most difficult component for most people to get it, it is the number one reason for faith failures. A failure to understand what does it mean to believe with the heart. So it involves, number one, basing our believing, talking about you as a believer, me as a believer, basing our believing solely on God's word, independent of our thoughts, independent of our senses, independent of our feelings, and independent of our circumstances. We'll come back, and I'm going to walk you through that. The second thing that believing with the heart involves is receiving God's word in the now. Receiving what God has said, what God is saying, receiving God's word in the now, N-O-W. Now, we'll come back and we'll look at that. Let's talk about uh, the first thing that believing with the heart involves. It involves basing our believing solely on God's word, independent of our thoughts, our senses, our feelings, our circumstances. Now, I'll give you two Bible illustrations, maybe three Bible illustrations, and then just a, a, a normal, everyday, practical illustration, okay, using surgery. Okay, let's talk from the Bible. In John chapter 4, verses 46 through 50, Verses 51 through 53. Now, Jesus' first miracle was performed in Canaan. He turned the water to wine. In John 4, the verses that I gave you, verses 46 through 50, 51 through 53, Jesus is coming back to Canaan. And a nobleman came up to him requesting Jesus to come to his home because his son is very sick. Verse 49, the nobleman said to Jesus, Sir, come down before my child dies. Verse 50, Jesus' response to the man, Go your way, your son lives. Now listen at that. The man said, now, Jesus, I want you to come with me. Come to my home. My son is dying. Come before he dies. And Jesus' response is simple. He said, listen, go your way. Your son lives. Now, listen at verse, uh, listen at that 50th verse. Go your way, your son lives. So the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him, and he went his way. Now, listen, we're talking about believing with the heart. Jesus said, go your way, your son lives. The man heard what Jesus said, 
the man turned and went home. Now watch this. Verse 51, on the way home, a servant came up to him and said, now listen, hey, your son is living. And, and the nobleman asked the servant, when did he begin to improve? And the man said, the seventh hour. And then he thought that was the exact time that Jesus told him his son lives. Now, what proof did the nobleman have that his son had begun to improve, was getting better? The only proof that he had was God's word. He had no proof. He heard, he believed what he heard, and he acted with no other evidence but what Jesus said. When you have no other evidence but what Jesus says or what God says in the word, and you're choosing to stand on that, choosing to believe that, choosing to act on that, then you're believing with your heart. You're not believing with your thoughts because your, your thought can't rationalize that. That's not logical. You're not believing what your senses because you didn't you didn't see the young man, you didn't talk to anybody, you didn't know anything, your circumstances were still the same. The nobleman just believed what we would say, the naked word of God. He was believing with his heart. He had no other proof. So the proof that what Jesus said was true was the word. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence or the proof of things not seen. So the nobleman's evidence, Hebrews 11.1, 1, his proof that his son was well healed, getting better, was what Jesus said. He was believing with his heart. i give you another illustration. In Luke 17, verses 11 through 15, Luke 17, verses 11 through 15, Jesus is passing through Samaria, passing through uh, Galilee, and he's headed to Jerusalem. Jesus enters a village, and 10 lepers stood afar off. In other words, they were yards away, yards away, and they shouted out to Jesus, Jesus, have mercy on us. Now, the reason why they stood at a distance is because lepers in that day were not supposed to engage the mainstream of society. If they, leprosy was a contagious disease and they, lepers were instructed to live in leper colonies away from the mainstream of the people. So these lepers shouted at a great distance, Jesus, have mercy on us. And they were saying, we want healing. We want health. We want you to hear, heal us. Now listen at Jesus' uh, response in verse 14, Luke 17, 14, says, so when Jesus saw them, he said to them, Go show yourselves to the priest. He shouted out, go show yourselves to the priest. Now, the only time they were to show themselves to the priest 
was when they were well. And the priest was to validate that they was well. Now notice Jesus didn't touch them. Jesus didn't even get near them. He shouted out, go show yourselves to the priests. Now watch their response. The Bible says in verse 14, and so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. As they went, they were cleansed. Now watch this, verse 15, and one of them, when he saw, one of them, when he saw, watch this, that he was healed, he returned to give thanks. Now notice, all Jesus did was speak the word. He said, go show yourselves to the priest. And when Jesus shouted that out, he was saying, you are healed. Now watch this. And they just acted on what they heard. They had no proof. The Bible says they were cleansed from the leprosy as they went, which meant before they went, no, that's not good English, but before they went, they had leprosy. They had leprosy. All they had was the word of God. Now watch this. And then the Bible says one of them looked down and saw that he was healed, which implies that he didn't see it at first. Notice these 10 lepers were believing with their heart. They had, it made no sense. Their thoughts didn't align because they had leprosy in their bodies when he said it. It, they, they had no sense knowledge. When they looked at their bodies, they had leprosy. When they felt their bodies, they had leprosy. Their circumstances were the same, but they believed what Jesus said with no other proof but what Jesus said. When you're believing and acting on God's word with no other evidence but what God says, it doesn't line up with your thoughts. It's not consistent with common sense or logic. Your, your sense gates are not validating it. You can't see it. You can't hear it. You can't feel it. You can't taste it. You can't touch it. Your circumstances are the same, but the word says this, and you believe it. You're willing to stand on it. You're willing to commit to it. Then you're believing with your heart. Guess what? And that's how you got saved. That's how I got saved. We heard the word that Jesus came in the flesh. We heard the word that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. We heard the word that he paid our sin price. We heard the word that he was raised from the dead. And we heard the word that if we would call on him, that he would come into our lives. And we believe. Now watch this. And we acted by calling on him, and we got saved. But we were believing with our hearts because guess what? We were not there when Jesus was on the cross. We, and even if we were there, we would not have seen sins placed on him. We were not there when he was raised from the dead. We was not there when he appeared to different ones. The only thing we have it's what God's word says, and that's how we got saved. We believed it with our heart, based on the word, solely on the word, even though it does not make sense that one person can take the whole sins of the world, 
It does not make sense that Jesus literally paid the price, that he died. We didn't see him die. We didn't see him raised from the dead. We have not seen him. Most of us have never seen him, and yet we believe. And guess what? We're believing with our heart, independent of our thoughts, our senses. When I say senses, the evidence of our senses, sight, hearing, taste, touch, feelings, no feelings in our circumstances. We were not there, yet we believe, and that's how we got saved. And that's what believing with the heart is, is basing our believing solely on the word with independent of what we think about it, independent of our senses, the information we're receiving, independent of our circumstances, independent of our feelings, we're believing with our hearts. Now, listen, before I go to the second um, thing that believing with the heart involves, you do this all the time. You do it all the time. The only reason you change, and it's so hard. I can't do that. I can't believe with my heart. That's just so hard. You do it all the time. Person goes to the hospital, has surgery, has a tumor removed from their body. You're laying in bed. The doctor comes in. The doctor said the surgery was successful. You get all excited. You, you were asleep during the surgery. You were knocked out during the surgery. You have no, no film work. You have no validation. You didn't see anything. In fact, you still feel sore. You may still feel pain, but the doctor comes in and the doctor said, you, you're great. The success, the surgery was successful. You're going to be fine. You're going to live a normal life. And all you have is God, the doctor's word. And then when your family come in and they say, well, how are you doing? You said, well, they got it all. You don't know. How do you know they got it all? How do you know they removed everything? The only reason you're saying that is because the doctor said they removed it all. I'll be better. Doctor said I'll be better in, in about three weeks. I'll be back to work in about a month. Right now, you believe what the doctor said? You're acting like the doctor said? Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. The surgery was well. Notice all you have is the doctor's work. We do it all the time with the weatherman. We come on. Weatherman said tomorrow is going to be a 90% chance of rain, 100% of chance of rain. There's no clouds in the sky. It's a beautiful day. But the weatherman said tomorrow is going to rain. Guess what? You get your raincoat. You get your rain boots. You're going to wear your rain boots today. You can wear your boots today. You get your umbrella. You get everything because you're prepared because it's going to rain tomorrow. But you haven't been in the mall. You don't even know. And then you get up in the morning and there's not a cloud in the sky, but you're ready for the rain because of what the weatherman said. You're believing the weatherman with your heart because you have no other evidence. The second thing that receiving God's word, uh, the second thing believing with the heart is, is receiving God's word in the now. Now, I want you to follow me. Listen, I got two comments, two questions. I'm going to answer that in a minute. You can send all your questions. This is so very important. Now, listen, we're going to receive God's word in the now, whether it's a promise, a spiritual reality, or a rhema word, if it's something the Holy Spirit speaks to us. Now, listen, we're going to receive what God says in the now. We're going to receive it in the present tense. We're going to receive the promise, the spiritual reality, what the Spirit of God says to us, the rhema word, we're going to receive it in the now. Now, what I mean by in the now, I'm talking about time. Time encompasses three 
zones. Past, present, future. Past, present, future. Now listen, faith only operates in the present. It only operates in the now. This is the number one cause of faith failures. We say God is going to. God is going to heal me. God is going to bless me. God is going to deliver me. God is going to provide. We say God is going. And we have what we call faith but it's really not faith. It is hope. Hope is future. And faith never works in that time zone. Hope works in the future. Faith works in the now. Now listen at Mark eleven twenty four, And I want you to write this down. I want you to go back and look at it in the traditional King James Version. It says, therefore, I say unto you, therefore, I say unto you, Mark eleven twenty four, 24, what things over you desire, number one, what you desire, when you pray, number two, believe that you receive them, number three, and you shall have them. Number four. Now listen, therefore I'll say unto you what things over you desire, what you desire, what you desire. When you pray, when you pray, believe you receive them, believe you receive them, ye shall have them, you shall have them. Now, the first thing we have to make sure that what we desire is consistent with God's word. I'm going to give you two examples, but last week, Last in our last session, in lesson three, we said that you have to find scripture in the area that you're going to believe God in. And we had several of you that asked questions about where can I find something on depression? Where can I find something on discouragement? Where can I find something on mental health? Okay. I want to go back to and answer that question. We have a Faith Chapel app that you can download. It's a free app. You can go to MikeMoreMinistries.org. You can go to FaithChapel.net, and you can download the free app. Once you download the app and you enter the app, you, you, the first thing you're going to see in the app is messages. Scroll down and you'll run right into a tab, Pandemic Spiritual Help. Pandemic Spiritual Help. You push that tab, and you'll come to a heading, Suggested li Listening. Suggested Listening. When you push Suggested Listening, it's going to be a number of lessons, number of sermons, a number of series. You're going to see Enemies of Peace. You're going to see... Uh, discouragement, you're going to see depression, you're going to see lessons on suicide, you're going to see lessons on help my mind is under attack. It's going to be a lot of information there. In fact, I got some uh, things under that heading, how to overcome an economic crisis. So you're going to get some information that's on the Faith Chapel app. Now, I want to use two illustrations, and, and I'm, I may go over uh, maybe five minutes today, but I want to give you some illustrations of how to receive the word in the now. Now, listen at this. Let's say it's healing. First Peter 2, 24b 
says, by whose stripes you were healed. You were healed is not a promise. It is a spiritual reality. The action has already taken place. It's already taken place. Now, if you want uh, a promise of guidance or direction, let's say you want to make it, you got a big decision you got to make and you want direction, you want guidance. James chapter one, verses five through six, eight, the first part of the sixth verse, James chapter one, verse five through six, eight. Now listen what it says. It says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him, but let him ask in faith. Now, here we have a promise that you can stand on. This is a promise. This is not a spiritual reality. It is a promise that you can stand on if you need wisdom or guidance or direction. You get ready to make a decision. You don't know which way to go. It says, if you lack wisdom, then you can ask God for it. You can ask God for it, and he will give it to you generously, generously. And he won't upbraid you, he won't reproach you, he won't criticize you, he won't find fault in, in you. He will give it to you generously, but ask in faith. Now, let's we, we're mixing faith with this. We're going to take the faith process, believing with our heart in this situation. Now, listen, you're praying for healing, okay, or you're praying for direction. The Bible says, Mark 11, 24, what things over you desire, that's healing or direction. Now, watch this. We know the healing, we know the direction is consistent with God's will. So we got that under wraps. Then it says, when you pray, when you pray, when you pray for the healing, when you pray for the direction, when you pray for the guidance, when you pray for the wisdom, when you pray. Now watch this. Here's the question. When is when you pray? Well, I answer for you. When you pray is always now. When you pray is always present tense. Pray right now. Pray for something right now. Pray for anything right now. Now watch this. While you're praying, it's present tense. While you're praying can't be past tense because past tense is over. While you're praying, can't be future tense because the future hadn't arrived. So when you pray, while you're praying, it's always present tense. When you pray for the healing, when you pray for the guidance, when you pray for the direction, when you pray for the wisdom, when you pray is now. Now, what am I to do when I pray? Well, the next step is believe you receive. Believe you receive. Believe you receive. Notice not know you receive, just believe it. Just believe it. Just believe you receive. God didn't say know it. God didn't say feel it. God said believe you receive. Believe you receive the healing. Believe you receive the direction. Believe you receive whatever you're praying for that's consistent with Godliness, consistent with the word. Believe you receive. Believe you receive. So when 
are you to believe you receive? When you pray, when you pray, the moment you pray, the moment you release your faith, the moment you ask God, you're to believe that you receive. You're to believe that you receive it. Now watch this. When you pray, believe you receive, believe you receive is a faith fact. Believe you receive is a faith fact. No you've received is a physical fact. Know that you have received is a physical fact. But Jesus didn't say that. Jesus says, believe you receive. That means it's a faith fact. It's a spiritual fact. What do you mean by that? It means you don't physically have it. Believe you receive. You don't physically have the manifestation of it. Believe that you receive. It's a faith fact. It's a spiritual fact. You don't actually have it. You believe you have it. You don't actually have it. You believe that you have it. And your proof is God's word. Your proof that you're healed is God's word. By whose stripes you were healed. Your proof, that's the only proof you got because you still got symptoms in your body. So the only proof that you got is what God says. Believe that you receive. Believe that you receive. Believe that you receive. You pray for the wisdom. God, give me wisdom. God, give me direction. Believe that you receive it. It is a spiritual fact because you still don't know what to do. You don't know what to do. You believe you receive. You believe you receive, but you still don't know. I prayed this many times. James 1, 5, many times. And the moment I pray, God, I need direction on this. I need to know which way to go. And I believe I receive based off James 1, 5, and 6. I believe I receive it now. Now, if you ask me what I'm going to do, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have the direction. I just believe I have it. I believe I have it. So if you ask me, I'm never going to say, I don't know what to do. I'm going to say, I believe I have wisdom on that. I believe God is directing me on that. I'm never going to say, well, I don't know what to do. Because then if you say, I don't know what to do, you don't believe you have it. Now, listen at this. Your proof is the word. Your proof is the word. And your confession is, I believe that I am healed. Now, listen how I said that. I believe I am healed. Notice, I didn't say I believe I am healed. I said, I believe I am healed. Now, watch this. I believe that I have the wisdom. I believe that I have the wisdom. That's my confession of faith. And, and I'm believing with my heart because I don't have the manifestation. I don't have the manifestation in my body. I don't have the manifestation of wisdom in my mind. I believe I have it. That's all Jesus said. And then he said, if you believe you have it now, then Jesus says, you shall have them. You shall have them. Now, let's look at you shall have them. You shall have them is future tense. It's future. You shall have them. You shall have them. It's future tense. Now, listen at this. You shall have the healing. You shall have the wisdom. Now, watch this. You shall have them takes place after you believe you receive. Oh, I'm going to stop right there. You shall have them takes place after you believe you receive. In other words, you believe you receive is the prerequisite 
to you shall have them. Or another way, you have to believe you have it before you get it. If you don't believe you have the healing, that you are healed, you won't get it in manifestation. If you don't believe you have the wisdom before you get the wisdom, you won't get it. You believe you receive is the prerequisite to you shall have them. Now listen at this. You believe you have the healing. You believe that you heal before you experience the manifestation while the symptoms still in your body. You can take medicine. You can go to the doctor. That won't stop your bleeding because you're in the faith realm. You believe you have it. You believe you're healed. You believe it. So you can take medicine and still believe. Now watch this. You believe you have the wisdom before you know what to do. You believe you have it before you know what to do. And the scripture says, if you will believe that you have it before you get it, the Bible says you will get it. Most Christians, what they want is they want to get it in manifestation, then they're going to believe it. That's backwards. You shall have them also speaks to the physical manifestation, the physical manifestation. Now that you have the physical manifestation, you don't have to confess, I believe I have. You confess, I have it. I know I have it. Why? You have the manifestation. You only confess, I believe, when you don't have the manifestation. I'm going to say this. And then I'm going to close. And this is so important. You got to go back and listen to this. Most Christians have this thing twisted. They want to, they want to have the healing. They want all the symptoms to leave. And then they're going to believe. Okay. They want the manifestation. They want to know what to do. They want the wisdom. Then they're going to believe. No, if you have the manifestation, you don't have to believe, you know. If you know exactly what to do, the direction has been given to you, you know what God wants you to do, you don't have to believe anymore because you know it. But you have to believe it before you know it. You have to believe it before you have it. Now, this area is for whatever reason, the most difficult area for folk to get it. And that's why I have to say it over and over and over and over and over and over, because some of you, you're trying to get the manifestation before you believe it. That's backwards. You have to believe you have it, believe you there, believe you receive it in the now, and you're going to say, I believe I have it now. I believe I'm healed now. I believe I'm delivered now. Why are you smoking the cigarette? Why are you doing the drugs? Why are you, you watching nasty videos? Why are you struggling with pornography? I believe I'm delivered now. I believe I'm delivered. I believe I'm delivered. And Jesus said, you'll have it. You'll have the deliverance. But you're not going to get delivered, and then you believe it. Now, now. I done said this several ways, but I got a, a few questions here, and I want to look at your questions, and I want you to go back and please listen to this. Please listen to this. 
believing with the heart and a failure to believe with the heart is the number one cause of faith failures. It's the number one cause of why people are not getting manifestation because they are not believing they receive it. They are not believing they receive it in the now, whatever it may be. Now, I want to look at the question. Okay. Is it okay to pray? I believe. Help thou my unbelief. Like in Mark 9, 24. No, I don't think that's. Now, listen. I know that that man prayed that prayer uh, under the old covenant. And I know Jesus responded to that man. But the the cure for unbelief is belief. And the key to belief is hearing God's word. You see, if God, if if the doctor tells you, if the doctor tells you, you need to quit smoking or you're going to die or you need to get this food out of your diet, or you're going to die. You have to decide you're going to believe the doctor or you're not going to believe him. And if, 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 if you're not going to believe the doctor, it's not going to work. Lord, doctor, I, I, I just don't believe you help my unbelief. No, that was an illustration on the old covenant where Jesus worked that man into that arena of faith. But the issue is, if God is saying to something to you, you got to believe it. I don't think that is a scriptural prayer for a New Testament believer. I don't think that Lord help my unbelief. The key to getting rid of your unbelief is to hear God's word and receive it. Spend time in the word and meditate on the word until you believe what God is saying. Because the bottom line on it is an integrity issue. Either God is lying or he's telling the truth. Now, that's a great question, though. Can we have faith in our natural heart or our spiritual heart? Does that make a difference in where our faith is? Yes, it makes a difference. Faith is of the heart. You, you, you can't believe with your natural heart. Your, your natural heart is a pump. Your natural heart pumps blood through your body. It pumps blood. That's your natural heart. When the Bible says believe with the heart, it's not talking about the natural pump, that 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 organ in your body that pumps blood throughout your that, that's not what the Bible's talking about. It's talking about your spirit, believing in your spirit, man, and basing your believing on what God says. That's what it's talking about. Uh, and it does make a difference. You're to believe. You you can't believe with your natural heart anyway. I think the, a better question would, would your mind, you know, your mind. Sometimes you can have doubt in your mind, but you're believing. You have ta- uh, you, you, your, your thoughts are saying it's not going to work. Your thoughts are saying that's not making sense. But if you choose to confess and act on what you believe, then you, it'll work for you even when there are times that there's do- doubts coming in your head. But I think those are, are great questions that you ask. In our next session, we're going to be talking about the words that we speak. We talked a whole series, do you want what you're saying? But we're going to talk about uh, our speaking 
in the context of how faith works. But this is a great lesson. I trust that you all were blessed. Um, you know, I go back and I look at responses. And if I see that there's a response or a question that we didn't get to, I'll try to get to it in our next session. I love you. Thank you for uh, this time we've shared together.